Today on CityCast Denver. Most people's experience of Sun Valley is crossing over it on the Colfax Viaduct, or maybe parking your car in one of the many asphalt lots that surround the stadium. But Sun Valley is also a community of folks who have lived and worked there for decades. After years of anonymity, suddenly money and lots of speculation have crept up on Sun Valley, and plans are underway to change this once ignored neighborhood. Meow Wolf is probably the most famous new tenant, but the Latino Cultural Arts Center has plans underway for a new museum, there's apartment buildings going in, and big, big plans for what to do with all those stadium parking lots. Regardless, Sun Valley's residents are still here. So what do the people want out of this moment? When people discover an aspect of the city that they have not known, there's this labeling of like, it's arrived, it's new, it's, yeah. and Sun Valley's been here. Manuel Aragon is the director of Sun Valley Kitchen. I met up with him and owner Glenn Harper and director Lindsay Miller to talk about what's changing and what they're celebrating about their neighborhood. Today is Thursday, August 18th, 2022. I'm Bree Davies, and this is CityCast Denver. Manuel Aragon, Lindsay Miller, and Glenn Harper, welcome to CityCast Denver. Thank you. Hello. Thank you. So what is Sun Valley's story? Glenn, can you tell us more about it? Uh, Sun Valley has been a kind of hidden away neighborhood for most of its existence. Um, and for the last uh, probably 60, 70 years has been predominantly made up of public housing. And that's all changing. We're going through a really large redevelopment and a kind of large-scale transformation of the neighborhood right now. I think it's interesting because you mentioned the public housing component, which is where a lot of the residents live. There's some like nonprofit housing as well, but there's not a ton of single family homes. There's right? there's only about 20, 24 single family homes in Sun Valley. At all. Mm-hmm. All together. Right. That's and like I, I'm two in blocks. one of them too. You are? Yeah. <laughs> How long have you been here? We've lived here in Sun Valley for eight years and we've owned the building here where the Sun Valley kitchen is for ten years. What brought you to Sun Valley? Um, I had been in this space a couple of times, and so I, this building was on my radar a little bit, and one night driving home, I just happened to swing by, and it looked vacant, and um, kind of everything just happened after that. So the building we're talking about is Sun Valley Kitchen. Correct. What, what, what do you do here, and how did you come to do what you do? Well, the main appeal about the building is the commercial kitchen and so my partner and I have had a side gig for the last 20 years and we go to festivals and sell fresh cut fries so we wanted a commercial kitchen that would be our commissary kitchen never quite imagining we would have a space quite like this but most importantly I think when we started to come down and do repairs uh, residents would ask us what we were going to do with the building and I could tell that there was a sense of ownership of this space by the community. It had always been a grocery store in the neighborhood, oh. a little market. And so, um, you know, we took that really seriously and hoped we would be able to do something that served the community. Not really sure what that would be. And kind of it's been an organic process over the years to just provide a space that ultimately centered around food and has become kind of gathering space in the neighborhood. So that's part of the reason that we're here is we're talking about the Sun Valley Night Market. Um, Lindsay and Manuel, can you tell us what is the Sun Valley Night Market? 
Yeah, so the Sun Valley Night Market came out of years of, or the idea for the Sun Valley Night Market came out of years of planning um, that I personally wasn't involved in, but I know Glenn was and a lot of folks from the neighborhood were. So all the resident engagement, what came out of that was a desire to have the space under the viaduct activated and also for it to feature food because this up until the redevelopment and all the displacement was the most diverse neighborhood in Denver. And food was a big component and a big expression of that diversity. So residents said, there's this space south of the stadium, nobody uses, it's empty, it kind of feels dangerous. What can we do with it to, um, to kind of add value to the neighborhood, both socially, environmentally, economically, and their idea was a marketplace. So we continued with that plan through the community benefits agreement work that we were doing um, with the assumption that the stadium redevelopment was going to happen. That was before the pandemic. So um, who knows what's going to happen now? And then after the sale, who knows what's going to happen? So, um, but there was a lot of work that went into the community benefits agreement um, that the neighborhood was planning to negotiate with the stadium. Um, and a part of the one of the things we were going to negotiate was community ownership of the space under the viaduct. Which is currently like a parking lot, yeah, right? Under yeah. a highway. I know. And it's crazy that the neighborhood had this idea to me, at least, because I would never think of that as a great space to, to gather. Um, but all over the country, this is happening. People are claiming vi- under the viaducts and hosting markets and stuff. So, Well, because I think we're looking at the decades of... Uh, environmental racism and infrastructural Mm -hmm. racism where this was a community this was a neighbor it is a neighborhood but a highway literally runs through Mm -hmm. the middle of it and so that reclamation of that space is like saying hey not only are we here we want to do something that serves Mm -hmm. us right Manuel can you talk about what can someone expect who's walking up to this market yeah I think so first off one of the things that I was thinking about even though the space was unused, neighbors were already activating it. One of the, so somebody who's like part of Chicano culture and low rider culture, uh, that's, that was one of the spots that I went to to see Cars Hop and uh, that whole strip right under Colfax, like Saturdays and Sundays, folks would gather. There was already these things, uh, these communal gatherings happening. And it was a place where it was an expression of culture and family and fun. And when we think of the night market, we're trying to do that same thing. It's a place where your whole family can come. One of our neighbors who comes to the food pantry, Jenny, was so thrilled that Los Mogochetes were opening or were playing the night market because she was like, oh, I saw that they had opened for Chicano Batman and it's a big thing. And she was like, I'm never going to get to see them. And then they're They're coming coming to my neighborhood. (laughs) They're coming to my neighborhood. And so I think that's this piece of bringing opportunity to the neighborhood in a sense, whether that's entertainment value, whether that's business. So folks can actually come, our Sun Valley chefs can come and uh, sell Vietnamese food, um, Somali food. It's, it's a multicultural space that uh, I think really highlights the cool of Sun Valley. Yeah. I'm thinking about you mentioned this reclaiming the viaducts. It's a, a thing that's happening. And there's there's a really f- sort of famous one in L.A. where there's mural, there's Chicano murals under the viaduct. I mean, it has long been a gathering place. And so I love that you're, you're like, the neighborhood was already here. Let's do something that they're already working on.
So I was thinking about this story I read probably four or five years ago, and it was a Westward cover story about Sun Valley <laughs> arriving. Is it arrived? <laughs> what do you guys think of that? What is your, what is your take on, on the conversations around your neighborhood? One of the interesting, and I think you and I have, have this conversation pretty frequently about when people discover an aspect of the city that they have not known, there's this labeling of like, it's arrived, it's new. It's, yeah. And it's hard. Sun, Sun Valley's been here. It's the people, the culture, the food, the fun. It's been here. And we're excited to share it with the rest of the city that they can come and be a part of it this Saturday. Yeah. You mentioned this a little bit, Lindsay. There's displacement issues. You look, you walk out the door of Sun Valley Kitchen and there is change happening in front of your face. There are buildings that have been torn down. There's brand new things going up. What is going on in this neighborhood? Yeah, I think it's growing pains, but what is a huge bummer to say the least is that the people who have lived here for the longest, a lot of them won't be able to benefit from the reinvestment and redevelopment because even though the displacement is temporary, um, it, we were just talking before this about, uh, how stressful it is to move, you know, who wants to move and then move back. Um, and then the community just will look so different. So there's a lot of benefits and we're excited for all the new people to be here. And that's one of the reasons we're having a night market is to show people, um, the greatness that is Sun Valley, but, we can't forget all the people who won't benefit from this. But I think what's really cool about what you guys are doing is, well, we can still tap into the people, right? Mm-hmm. Like you can still create a thing that brings people back. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's cool that the night market is is serving the city, right? Hey, come and check out Sun Valley. But also maybe if you're a Sun Valley resident, come and be with your people. Yeah, I think... Glenn mentioned this really early on that he had this idea of the night market being a reunion. That if you think about it and, you know, especially like uh, families of color do like family reunions and community reunions, high school reunions, those sort of things. And being able to like once a year do a neighborhood, yeah, Sun Valley reunion and folks can come and see each other. And, you know, they're still connected over Facebook and social media, but they can come and experience and remember and be together again. Mm-hmm. And that's really important. Yeah. What is someone going to get when they come to the night market? What are you, what are you offering? What are you sharing? What are folks getting? So uh, they're going to get live music, amazing food. I can't decide which one to list first, like food or music, but I'll <laughs> say I should have listed food first because <laughs> the food in Sun Valley is amazing. Um, we have local chefs who have lived, who live in the neighborhood and they're going to have booths there, um, that are labeled Sun Valley chefs. So look for them. And then we have vendors from mostly from the West side, food trucks, Nalfa is a restaurant, um, Aguas Frescas, Boba. It's an international marketplace. So we're trying to feature a lot of different food from a lot of different cultures. Which is kind of organic to the neighborhood anyway. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And then I think the other piece, when we think of this entertainment, uh, we're really excited. Our headliner is Naoma, up-and-coming Ecuadorian-American uh, singer. So it's her and her live band. We have Grupo Talok, who's going to do like an opening ceremony, blessing. Uh, and then we've partnered with Lake Middle School, who has like Denver DJ school and a drum line. And so we'll have some students and some instructors from Denver DJ school drum line out here. And so as we think about this event, really deeply want it to be 
community tied and also community led and spotlight. I love it. Mm -hmm. I love supporting artists at every stage and it's like really exciting. I can't imagine what it feels like Mm -hmm. to be 14 and playing music in front of people. And one of the reasons we did that was we wanted some kind of back to school aspect to this. So yeah, it's end of the summer. uh So we got the drum line, which I think is so fun. And we're also going to do a school supply drive. So you can bring supplies um, and drop them off or we'll have a QR code that you can scan and donate and the supplies will go directly to youth in Sun Valley. That's awesome. Well, this sounds so great, you guys. Thank you. I like can't wait for the Sun Valley Night Market in part because I can't wait to learn more about this awesome neighborhood. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. The Sun Valley Rising Night Market goes down this Saturday, August 20th from 4 p.m. to 10 p.m. in parking lot B on the south end of Empower Field under the Colfax Viaduct. All ages are welcome and the market is free to attend. And here's what else Denverites are talking about. Looks like Matt Stone and Trey Parker were not stoked that the city of Lakewood released Casa Bonita's renovation plans, so they went to court about it. According to the Denver Post, Trey and Matt sued, and a Jefferson County judge has temporarily blocked the city from releasing any more documents related to CB 2.0. The South Park Bros have three weeks to redact anything from the documents they believe should not be viewed by the public. Oh, and another update on a past CityCast Denver episode. Former DPS educator Tim Hernandez has a new job. The former North High School teacher wasn't rehired to work at his beloved school, but he will continue his mission of educating youth of color in Aurora Public Schools this fall. Check the show notes for a link to the 5280 interview with Hernandez for more thoughts from one of my favorite guests. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoyed the show, why not take a minute to tell the Denver Broncos about us? Rate the show wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to our morning newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. See you later. Sorry, this is the world's longest sentence that I wrote. Okay, no one to blame but myself.